Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Hello, Savvy Souls. And if you're listening to this real time, welcome to our second episode of 2022. So today we're going to talk about how we use labels to help and to hurt ourselves. Some ways we use labels are more obvious and are things like when we say, I'm not smart enough or I'm not brave enough to do whatever it is we're wanting to do. And when we label ourselves that way as not smart enough, not brave enough, we completely bar ourselves from doing that thing. We don't explore. We don't ask questions. We don't get answers. Other ways we use labels are less obvious. When we say things like, I'm a lawyer or I'm a nurse, those kind of labels can create roadblocks too. I'll explain about that in a moment. Other labels can create the opposite result. They can expand possibilities. And I'll talk about that in a moment too. As a life coach, I'm generally pretty wary of labels because I see so many examples of how they limit what we believe is possible. It's so often a way we put ourselves in a box, a box that's closed. Labels are a way we confine our world because we think that's what we need to do to make our world manageable. My main beef with labels is that they kill curiosity. If I'm whatever I'm labeling myself to be, then I can't whatever things I think people with my label can't do. If we decide right out of the gate that we can't do something, we're not getting curious about how we might be able to do it. And yet, Self-labeling can be useful in some situations if the label's getting us to think differently about ourselves, if it's inspiring us to act or show up differently, if it's us allowing ourselves to honor a part of who we are, if the label we adopt inspires self-compassion and helps us look at our actions with a compassionate lens, it can be useful. This idea that how you label yourself matters is a really important concept that I want you to think about for yourself after this episode's over. If the only thing you do after this episode is start to notice all the ways that you label yourself, you'll crack open some doors, I promise you. The way you describe yourself is a useful thing to really examine at this time of year when you're setting your goals and thinking about your future. I'd like you to do those things as expansively as possible. So let's dive in and make this more concrete by looking at some examples. One of the most common things my clients tell me is that they're 
perfectionists. They think this is a good label. They think this means they strive for excellence. They think this identity of being perfect, of being a perfectionist, helps them produce high quality work, better than most. They think this perfectionism label motivates them to do well. If this is one of the labels that you apply to yourself, I'd like you to consider what really happens. What happens for most people who tell themselves they're perfectionists is there are a bunch of things that they never start, never finish, never share, or never offer because, well, it's not perfect yet. Their bar of what perfect means is so high, what perfect really means is never. Trying to make it perfect ends up being a disguise for what's really fear. The fear of putting yourself out there, the fear of getting it wrong, the fear of being judged. Telling yourself that you're perfectionist cuts out curiosity about what's really going on. What's the real reason that you're delaying? What's the real reason you're telling yourself you need to be better? Notice every time you excuse yourself and say, I'm just a perfectionist as your excuse. Be curious, connect with your discomfort. Try saying instead, I don't need to be perfect. Learn how to be okay not being perfect. It will expand your world. Another really common label I hear, at least from a lot of the people that I coach and people in my circle is, I'm a sensitive person, or I'm a highly sensitive person. This is a label that can be really useful, and it can be really not useful. It's useful when it's used as a celebration of increased self-understanding and of self-validation as in, oh, this is just how my brain works. This is an extra capacity I have to really sense how the people around me feel to really pick up on their energy or to feel the energy in the room. This is something I now understand and celebrate about myself. I can understand why I react to some things differently than other people. I can see that I'm fundamentally all right. I'm not weird. I'm not overreacting. I'm just highly sensitive. In fact, I have a skill I can use that some other people don't have. Now that I understand it, I can embrace this capacity as a beautiful thing, and I can feel compassion for myself. But sometimes I hear, I'm a sensitive person, used by a person as if it were a severe limit, as if this ability to sense other people's feelings and energy was something that's a burden that prevents them from showing up in different situations and different contexts. I wanna draw your attention to the close line between recognizing something different like this about you as a beautiful thing, as a unique thing you can think of as a gift, a starting point for curious exploration of what it makes possible for you, or as a burden, a hindrance, something that limits you and keeps you stuck. Like many things, when you apply a label like, I'm a sensitive person, impact on you depends on where you focus your attention, on the possibilities created or the limitations you experience.
Another group of labels operate in a similar way to the I'm sensitive label. These are labels. Sometimes they can even be diagnoses about how our brains work in a way that might be different than many other people. The top example that comes to mind is I have ADHD. Labels like ADHD can carry a limiting stigma. A lot of traditional education is designed for a non-ADHD brain. A lot of traditional business operations are designed for non-ADHD brains. So those of us with ADHD can develop a stigma about ourselves. There's something wrong with us in our brains, especially if the form of our ADHD made traditional school more difficult. So if we have that background and experience, we may say, I have ADHD as code for, there's something wrong with me, or there are a lot of things I can't do. But the truth is, or at least this is my belief, that every type of brain has some benefits too, including an ADHD brain. I know several coaches who re-examined this idea that their ADHD brains limited them. They started to pay attention to all the things they were better at because of their ADHD brains, especially when they didn't ask themselves to use a traditional calendar, to use systems designed for non-ADHD brains. What they did was they got curious and they found new ways of working and communicating and they're expanding their worlds and other worlds too. Their ADHD label has become a good thing and a source of pride. This can be said of almost any kind of neurodivergent brain. There's always something that brain can do better than a different kind of brain. So why not focus on the possibilities instead of the idea that because I'm this way, I'm flawed somehow. How you focus really matters. The final label I'm going to deal with today is an extremely important one because it can be used to limit your life in such significant ways or instead to expand possibilities and open doors for you. It's the label of what you do. So if you go to a party and someone asks who you are and what you do and you say, hi, I'm Sydney, I'm a lawyer, or you say, hi, I'm Frank, I'm a nurse. That's the kind of label I'm talking about. When you say things like this enough times, it become who you think of yourself as being. You are a lawyer. You are a nurse. You are an engineer. And that profession becomes your identity. It defines the limits of the world you've created for yourself. It becomes the thing you've chosen to do to the exclusion of anything else. Whatever you believe that thing you are entails, that's what you do. You don't ever consider going outside that box because you think that box tells you who you are. And you think that box tells you who you are not. Sometimes they think the last thing is the most important. And it's all amazing if you absolutely love that box and you love living in that box, but far too often that professional label you've adopted for yourself blocks all other options. It stops you from seeing what's possible for you now. It stops you from valuing some of your skills and interests and maybe even passions. 
because they're not relevant to this professional label that you're holding on so hard and fast to. And it's not just traditional professions I'm talking about. It can be things like I'm an artist that might carry a number of limitations too. If you think artists do this and artists do that, a common one that I've seen in the art world is artists don't make money and artists then box themselves in with that belief. I certainly know there have been times when I've limited myself by saying I was a lawyer. And there have been times I've limited myself by saying I was an artist. We each have to look carefully to know whether we're using our professional descriptions to limit how we see ourselves operating the world. If we're using it to cut out our curiosity about what's available for us. The opposite and sometimes very useful way we can use professional labels is to expand our self-concept. So just like you heard in a previous episode when I interviewed Janet Cloud, who, if you remember, is a technology expert who added interior design to her career mix, she told a story about how she went into a store and for the first time reassured the clerk, yes, I'm the interior designer here. And she went home and that new self-concept expanded her world. She stepped more into the skills an interior designer would have, adding on to the other skills that she always already practiced regularly. So when you step into adopting a new label for yourself, trying it on, it can be a very expansive thing indeed. So Savvy Souls, it always comes back to this in all of these podcast episodes, really to this thing, what you say in your head matters and it matters a great deal. The language you use can create possibility, opportunity and expand your world, or it can put you in a box and shut the lid. The good thing is that when you notice that you're limiting yourself because of the labels that you apply to yourself, it opens the door to new things and new possibilities. So this week, what I want you to do is stop and notice every time you assert that you're this way or that, you're this thing or this other thing, you're this profession or that profession, your brain is this way or that way. Get curious. Ask yourself, what possibilities does this create for me? In what ways Am I wrongly thinking this limits me? What is true about what I could create here? Get curious, my friends. And Savvy Souls, one thing you can create this week are some beautiful glow goals to carry you through 2022, all while you're glowing from the inside. And that's making me smile as I say that. And that's why I love that terminology. I made up so much glow goals. So let 2022 be the year you have fun accomplishing your goals. So I had my podcast last week about this topic, but if you want to find out how to apply it to your circumstances, have your questions answered, and possibly even get coached, join my free group session this Thursday, January 13 at 5.30 Eastern Standard Time to sign up and get the link, just go to www 
www.gracedcanvas.com. That's G-R-A-C-E-D, like in dog, canvas, C-A-N-V-A-S.com slash goal, glow goal, G-L-O-W-G-O-A-L, and click on the link or sign up directly by writing to me at heather at gracedcanvas.com. Again, G-R-A-C-E-D, like dog, C-A-N-V-A-S.com. See y'all there. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.